1: You're listening to Comedy Central. Now
2: hiring. Two English soccer teams who played a friendly match the day after the Queen's death faced the strongest possible punishment, including suspension. Sheffield International FC had a scheduled league match against Byron House that they said they would postpone and that they would just play a friendly match against them later. And then they then clarified and said, we're not playing at all. It is simply a training session. (laughs) But both teams showed up in their goddamn uniforms and they was training and like, fuck it. Let's just play the game.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So they could basically be suspended from their respective conferences. What you're saying? Like, correct.
4: Suspend everybody involved in this. That is Plan of doing anything other than mourning the queen, especially one as beloved as Queen Elizabeth II. That's suicide, my man. You
3: fire the front office. You fire the front office. You do not fire the players. The players are doing what these dudes who are giving them a check told them to do. This is a bad play on the front office. That's what I. I think you should fire all them folks. That front office. Needs to go.
2: The District Fair Play League said, "Quote this disrespect and despicable." Excuse- this disrespect and despicable behavior and investigation <laughs> will ensue, <laughs> resulting in the, oh dealt with in the strongest possible time. <laughs> Tell my voice so a little raspy from tea pain stripping. <laughs> name is Roy and this is Rod's Relationship Fab. Yeah. Number three, number three on the year one down, three down, one more to go. If you're new to the podcast, every couple of months we stop down and um, we address the one aspect of employment that we don't really get into in other segments. And that's people fucking a lot on the job and having sex with people they're not supposed to be having sex with. Nah. We want to thank everybody. Last Rod's relationship, Fair Rod, who uh, called in and gave us some of those military sex stories. But we're going to open the floor today to something a little different. We're going to talk about office parties. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the indecency. <laughs> that is an office party. Yeah. We're going to talk about the setup to get your ass fired. <laughs> That is the office party. (laughs) This is where we give Rod a little bit of runway to help you, the job fair listener, work through some of your issues. And if you want to, you got a crazy work sex story or something like that. We want you to be a part of the next relationship fair. RoyceJobFair.com for all the information on how you can be a part of this fine, fine program. Rod. I turn it over to you as we discuss office parties and the setup that they are. I personally do not feel like anything good can come from an office. It can be a good party, but it cannot make it an office party confirms morale, but I don't believe it can build morale. There's more that could go wrong at an office party than could go right.
4: That's true. I think the only way to build morale at an office party is if the boss is cool enough to lead the party. Like the office party goes as the boss goes. If the boss, I thought you just say the boss get drunk. Yeah, like that. Like seriously. Like if if the boss is cool, if the boss is partying, then that can raise morale because now everybody feels like they're kind of on equal footing. Because whenever you're around your boss, you know, especially in a normal corporate setting, y'all pretty much strangers that just work together. You know, so you don't want to let your hair down, even off the clock. If you run into your boss in a restaurant. You start sitting up straight. Yeah, you know I mean, and straightening your tie and shit. So if the boss is at the party and they kind of wilding, that could be good for morale because everybody feels free to let their hair down, too. But if the boss is being stuck up. The party is going to be a fucking bust.
2: I'm not going to say not go to an office party, but I just think that in terms of protecting your job and being safe, you're better off showing up early and leaving early.
4: Mm-hmm. Treat an office party like a meeting is what I say. That the safest way to go is to treat it like a meeting. Go it don't go in there thinking this is anything like any other party you've ever been to. This is basically <sighs> a meeting. Treat it like you on the clock. You'll be fine.
2: Yeah, like when you have cake at work, mm. it's like, ooh, this is different. Yeah,
4: like when everybody takes a break for somebody's birthday, you know, not acting like getting the strip club. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so yeah, treat, treat all office gatherings like a meeting and you'll be fine.
3: I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about, okay, so like listening to both of you, my first real thought is that y'all are against the office party being something extra because it's almost like you're implying that the atmosphere of the job is already shitty.
4: I just don't want to see you lose your job. You have to remember that whenever you're dealing with corporate, your yeah. ass is always dealing with corporate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's no secret conversations. There's no, this yeah. is off the record when it comes to corporate, but as long as you go to any corporate event and act like the- you had a corporate event, you'll be good. Now that's true. I'm not against holiday parties. I just don't, I just want you to know where you work. Who you work with and act accordingly.
3: But see, but that's the, but okay, so you're hitting another point for me, right? So, what if the corporate environment is not a standard corporate environment? Because where people work now is not as standard as it used to be. Shit, I worked at a place that literally used to keep a list of everybody who got met and married in the elevator. If you met and got married at this place, they kept a list celebrated in the freaking it. elevator. They celebrated it. Okay, you so you know, it's like a
2: shit list. Like, don't you be like these no, five no, motherfuckers. No, no, no.
3: No, they're, they're, basic, they're basic thing. <laughs> That's me, and it's a list of 40-plus people. Look, what they're saying is you should be able to come here, and if you're doing your job and you work hard and you happen to find somebody to fall in love with, we here at Save Company, we support that. Now, granted, I know the flip side of that doesn't always work out well, but still it's a different atmosphere than most places. So
4: all situations hmm. aren't the same. That's an exception to the rule and exceptions don't change the rules. Like, like I don't believe in having sex with coworkers, but there are industries in which you can work where that's fine.
2: So as we get into office party season, Booker Hayat, who has worked in a very, high-stress corporate environment. We won't name the companies that she's been at, but hello, Hayat. Don't. That's not one of them. What did he say? Um, Pepsi. (laughs) Pepsi,
5: Pepsi. Choice of a new generation. um,
2: Before we get to Hayat's office party stories, because I'm sure she has one or two. Uh, she has this list list here, Rod, and I want to see how you feel about this list. This is from Inc.com. On some of the worst mistakes you can make at an office party. I'll just run them down real quick. Number one, don't skip the party. Uh-huh. Don't dress inappropriately. I agree with that. You got to keep Correct. your thing. You, you can't show nobody nothing new that they hadn't already You're seen sure. at the office, because when you show that top meat The men get the wood. They get the woo. Uh, Don't get drunk. Don't look bored. Don't be antisocial. Don't go in without a plan. Don't flirt, and don't let you or your guest make a fool of
4: you. You know that last one very well.
2: <laughs>
5: oh, what happened, Ron? Is there something I should know?
2: You <laughs> talking about the racist that I took to this party one time?
5: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You not know, gonna just skip over that. <laughs> what? I didn't,
2: I, I didn't know she was racist. It, you know. What? I, I, excuse me. She, black people can't be racist. She was prejudiced. <laughs> oh, I'm she, still so she confused. Racist. She was a blind racist? Is I that what you're telling Tell saying? them what no. happened, Ron. Right? <laughs> so I was dating this girl. This is years ago, by the way. Let me add a little timeline to this so folks don't be thinking about the wrong woman. Okay. Um, this I was still living in California. And I was dating this girl, and she was very pro-black, and I'm I'm fairly pro-black. And I, you know, like you talk to people about blackness and blackity black and Africa and African history and and I've dated women like that in the past. And it's not and it's It's more of a commonality between us than a difference. So I take it to this. this, I was I was working on a sitcom and I took it to an office party that we were having. It's like some end of the year rap party. Hey, we're going to go drink and celebrate that we did 10 episodes of a TV show. I'm the only black person. We are the only black people, essentially, in the cast at this party. Mm. And white people are trying to hug her. And she's good. You ever seen that Heisman Trophy with that arm yeah. stand out? She hit that Heisman <laughs> on every white person. To the point where it was awkward. Really? And like, and like, I would like stand in front of her when I introduced her to discourage the hugging. <laughs> And people were awkward. trying to. <laughs> it was. This it person was,
4: standing behind me. Yeah, this is my lady. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Car ride home. where do you find 20, these people? Twenty minute car ride home outside the comedy club. You okay. This one was. <laughs> okay. and,
4: First mistake.
2: <laughs> into twenty wow. minute twenty minute car ride home. She goes into this rant about how much she hates white people. Oh. She cannot stand. And I never knew this about her. And I don't know how you work around them. I don't even know how you work in that job. I don't know how you could do that to your Like it was And we ended up breaking up like a month later for Whoa. other stuff. But it was a legitimate issue for her mm-hmm. that that was where I worked. And I'm like, fuck, I can't bring you around shit next day at work. <laughs> Everybody teases me for bringing a Black Panther to the Christ- <laughs> to the party. <laughs> 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 <gonna see> <laughs> And that, but that's embarrassing. Like, it was really fucking embarrassing, and I really felt fucking dumb.
3: But it's a life lesson, though.
5: I agree. It was embarrassing, but you didn't do your
2: due diligence and learn more about this woman. What I'm supposed to do watch a white TV show with her at night and see if she growled at the screen or some shit. It's just like doing a job interview,
5: you need to ask the right questions.
4: How militant, I mean, how militant was she casually? She, you should, but she wasn't you militant, she was tell. pro-black
2: and there's a difference. And so militant means you are against the system or against the thing. Like we never got into anti-police conversations or why black kids shouldn't be over. It was just, I love my people.
4: Y'all never saw white people together? Yeah, but but she I mean, didn't, that's like, the same thing. I mean, that's the same thing. If you heard a white person saying that, you'd be like, oh, this motherfucker's racist
2: to know that I am in a career where I will repeatedly work around white people. Bro, you think I could have took her to the Confess Fletch premiere and have her <laughs> growling no. at John Hamm? No. no. I mean, So I can't no. be with you based on how you feel about people in the world because I'm going to yeah. be around some of them people in the world because that's how I get my money. I'm sorry. I tried to make it work. I tried my best. Hayat, office parties. Are you a fan of them, yes or no?
6: Um... I was a fan of them when I was young because I liked free liquor. But I think that there's this thing that happens when there is a open tab. You drink more than you need to, as if you've never seen alcohol in your life. But when I moved into sales, we, there's a lot of partying and drinking and entertaining clients. You have a corporate card, which is the most dangerous thing because we can put our card down for anything and basically just expense it. Um, So my first foray into this was like, I had recently just, it was like a month into the job. We had not so much a holiday party, but it was a sales retreat.
2: Oh, that's worse. It was even worse.
6: So I just met these people. These are like new, brand new coworkers of mine. And I think this was like day two or night two. And so we're all getting drunk. I mean, the CRO is there. Everyone's there. Like all the executives, And they're getting drunk too. And (laughs) so there's me, another black cop, two other black colleagues of mine, a Latino dude and the CRO or was it the CFO, whatever. The one who heads up sales. He was a C-suite person and he was telling us about how much he loved rap growing up. And so he's over here being like, yeah, you know, I was so into rap growing up and this guy is like in his 50s so he's like quoting like 80s, 90s rap and then I forgot what song it was but he starts rapping it word for word and so the N word comes up and he don't skip it what? the CFO is sitting here I just met him. This is a month in. Me, my black colleague, black and brown colleagues are sitting there and he's rapping. "Da da-da-da-da. Fuck the mother niggas cause I'm down for my niggas.
4: Fuck them other niggas cause I'm down for my niggas. <laughs> Stop!
6: Like one of my coworkers is like, okay, don't say that word again, but continue. So he... We were, I was just like shocked. I was also under the influence. And so I remember after it happened, he left. We were trying to do like this post-mortem. Like, did that just happen? Did like the, the, the highest, like our boss's boss's boss just drop the N word in front of us? So, I mean, he was a grown ass man. So I think it's dangerous for everybody.
4: Imagine if Roy's ex was at that party. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my
6: God, she
4: would've
6: I can't
2: believe you let that white man ramp that N-word and you didn't punch him in the face. Is you a man or not? I thought I was with a man. So Jacqueline, I'm, I'm gonna give you two options here. What do you mean? So matter of fact, let's just, let's do the Emmys and then we'll do engagement after the break before we get to the school teacher. We can tell the story of our time at the Emmy Awards. And the Daily Show party, and the Emmys after party, and that other party we went to, because this was like basically a night of consecutive office parties. Mm-hmm. All with alcohol involved. Wow.
5: But I'll hold on to which one of, or four of your co workers. Okay.
2: Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Once they knew you and I weren't together, JG. Mm-hmm. You you carry a different skew in a part. Like, here, here's here, here's here's my thing, Rod. Right? Should you flirt with a coworker's plus one? Can you do that, Rod?
4: Right. Right? Hell, Hell no. Yeah, absolutely. If they if they're not together, yeah, if they're not together, oh, they're, not then they're together. fair okay. fucking game.
2: So so JG, give me that. I, we 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 run around to a number of parties and people knew you were with me, but that we weren't together. What was that experience? Because we weren't like walking around shoulder to shoulder the whole party. I was like, like, you know, Jacqueline, she can make friends with anybody. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go over here and hang out get you.
5: I was working the room, meaning I was getting contacts. I was meeting the executives. All I needed to do was step through the door.
2: So, How are people moving around you at these office parties? How do people move around you, JG? Walk us through some of these parties during Emmys week, you know? You ain't got to name, which party specifically, but tell me what was happening. You was getting your booty grabbed? Was people grabbing your wrist?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Uh let's just say I met a lot of people who are interested in getting to know me more. First off, no. Jacqueline
2: was looking goddamn no. stunning. Go to the job fair socials. Whatever whatever your socials oh, are. You. They look amazing. <laughs> Go look at that dress. Go look at that you dress. That is that you is a if if there's ever a dress, shoot your shot at Jacqueline. <laughs> That was a just. She, y'all and, ain't see the back either, Rod. She had the back out. She had the little clavicles, and she showing the little shoulder blade and shit. Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, you're kind. And there were men oh, who uh, don't look like us, and this is perfectly fine. Of all nationalities, who would come up and touch my back and turn me towards them, and I'm like, what are you oh, doing? Fuck.
3: <laughs> I, it's a gentleman. No, move. it was.
5: That's, it was very gentlemanly. It really was.
4: It's a gentleman move. That is. That is. That is sexual harassment. Is what that is.
5: It was not. It was
4: not. not sexual harassment. <laughs> so you could just go around touching girls' backs and turning them to you because you want their attention. You don't. You don't touch their back like you're just scrubbing a hand on yeah. a blackboard, man. Like come on. Ryan. <laughs>
2: very beautiful I want her yacht to clock in on this one hey okay. do you work.
4: don't touch women and turn them around to you because you want their attention they're not your property.
6: harassment yes or no book or yacht I might have to go with inappropriate as <laughs> someone who's been felt up on the red carpet by a celebrity just because you're a celebrity and even if you're good looking or even if you're wealthy don't put your hands on me. Well, it wasn't disrespectful the way they touched me. It really wasn't.
5: I've been touched or tried, someone did actually to touch me disrespectfully,
2: but I was fine.
4: It was disrespectful that they touched you, not how they touched you.
2: Okay, I see your point. This was going on, I was I was at these parties while this was going on, people passing by and like brushing up against you, you know? Absolutely.
4: You and... left her
2: alone. Mm. I want, I want, I won't, I'm gonna show you some pictures when we get off the air.
5: <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs>
2: Whatever. Mm, mm, Whatever. Actors, but... All right. After the break, Jacqueline is gonna tell us one of her engagement stories, and then we're gonna jump into Rod's relationship fair with a party with a bunch of school teachers that ended up in sex, and we're gonna let Rod break that down. It's a relationship fair. We'll be right back. <laughs> Rod's relationship fair. It's time to get into it, Rod. And we have people standing by telling us terrible stories of office parties that turned into a little bit of sex. We got a campaign worker that's going to um, get with us at some point, too. We got a school teacher standing by. But first, J.G., um, th- also, real real quick, um, an addendum uh, to earlier, Jacqueline. Yes. Um, <laughs> If anybody does touch you crazy at any function that I'm at, please let me know immediately so I can just, (laughs) you know,
3: send me over there to stab someone. I I, do that shit. Like, cause you know what I I felt like being
2: out. You know what it was like being out with JG Third. It was Big Brother Mm -hmm. vibes. It's real.
3: The the pictures gave a cool ass Big Brother. Big Brother vibe. You
2: know what I'm saying? I take that. Like you seem to be like I would like like if Jacqueline was like around two other black women, I'd be like, you seem safe. I will now go and work. <laughs> but then I'm coming back now to stories of just men just go yes, and then another man grabbed me by the wrist and was like, "Where are we going after we leave in? and tried to take me to his helicopter. And I was like, "Oh no, I don't do helicopters."
3: The mm-hmm. thing you know, Captain America, I knew Captain America grabbed my ass, and I had to be like, "Anthony Mack, like, stop."
5: Just- I-, I think there's an addendum to the point of because there are young women that listen to this show as well and they have to understand how to deal with men because i don't don't know the best way to say it but there is a line that should be walked and there is also something to be said about how men approach you i I have a sense of if it's not above board, it's probably not going to happen. So that's just me. And that's plus years of me being me because men come and go every day. It's it's nothing that is unnormal. And that's just me. But I don't know how to help young women who run into those things. I, I
7: don't
2: Huyat, know the answer to Huyat, that. Huyat, what, what say you, Hayat? Because, you know, you're also from this era of just... <laughs> Getting your booty grabbed at an office function, and apparently people freestyling the n-word <laughs> two feet from your face. You know how do how should young women handle these inappropriate gestures that happen at their job while also trying to keep their job?
6: You know I've seen really uncomfortable things happen at at holiday parties um, when people are excessively drunk. I think it's really just making sure. Um, you have people around that can kind of witness it. And so you don't feel like you're ever cornered on your own. But also, I don't know. I, I think that it's okay to just tell people, like, don't touch mm. me. I don't feel comfortable. You know? You do.
4: Fact. Put those mm-hmm. creeps on blast. I understand the politics of trying to keep your job and how hard it must be to be a woman in these situations because life mm-hmm. is so oppressive to women around the globe regardless of race, you know, but mm-hmm. one thing you can do ladies because that that locker room talk shit is real. Like dudes talk and mm-hmm. dudes don't understand they're being inappropriate. Thank we'll you. just tell another dude these stories and he must be corrected by the dude at that point, but one thing you can do if you don't want to, you know, rock the boat and get yourself put on some sort of list, put the creep on blast personally in a <clears throat> one-on-one situation. Because mm. trust me, he will run back and tell the rest of the fellas about how he touched you inappropriately and you got very attitudinal and whatnot. So stay away from that one.
2: That's, That's true. true. That's, That's excellent advice. true.
4: threatening them with some sort of physical harm or some shit like that, mm-hmm. threatening to tell on them that won't really work. But if you come across like somebody who like is not going to stand for this shit. He will put the word out that you're not going to stand for that shit. Like, that's what happened a couple years ago when women, when women's rights and whatnot first started coming to the forefront. And a lot of dudes were talking, you know, even on social media about how like, like you can't tell a woman she looks good and things like that. Like, I'm scared to talk to women now. It's like, good. That's the fucking point. If you're the exact dude that they're trying to get to not talk to them. So if uh, not being inappropriate with a woman makes you scared to talk to women, you are the type of creep that they're fucking talking to and about.
5: And see, I just had to grow up in all of this because in my 20s, I didn't use my words well. So if I'm in a space or whatever and someone grabs my arm, grabs my hand, I grab their neck. It catches them off guard. Yes. Yeah. And then in my 30s, I learned how to use my word. I was like, what? Oh, you grab a man by his neck really fast out of nowhere. Oh, he is scared out of his mind. And in my 20s, yeah, I would grab your neck
2: out of nowhere. Are you Mr. Spot pinch like knockout spot Vulcan different? Like yeah. Or are you like pinching the esophagus? Like grab the whole neck, or pin- cause that esophagus pinch? That'll Take That'll sit. That'll right sit, a motherfucker.
5: And squeeze
6: on the side.
4: That's it. Put your thumb right in his fucking karate
2: right artery. Wow, One
6: thing I would add too is, anytime someone's touched me or grabbed my arm or put their hand on my waist, I immediately grab their hand dramatically and lift it off to show them that I don't like them touching me. And that's usually triggered to a dude where it's like, Oh, my bad, my bad. Like, Oh, I realized one oh, of them girls don't like to be touched in the club inappropriately. Oh, you wanted yeah.
4: them new age. girls, oh. okay. Exactly. Yeah. Cause if you let them get away with it, they're not ever going to fucking stop.
2: Absolutely. As is tradition with every rods relationship fair, Jacqueline has to tell us one of her 4.5 engagement stories.
5: So I will go with the one that involves fried chicken, not loose diamonds. I'll hold loose diamonds because that one's so simple, but it's still very sweet. Yeah, loose diamonds. Anyway, so long story short, I'm with this guy that I really like. We dig each other. We really do. We are compatible on every plane. I kid you not. So I don't know if it was a Saturday or if it was a Sunday but we were cooking and we were making coleslaw, and I like apples in my coleslaw. And he seasoned some chicken and I was frying it. So after he seasoned that chicken and I get those two little bags out, I'm gonna put some flour in there and make some chicken and put it in the grease or whatever. He gets a beer and goes sit down and watches a game. Fine, get out of the kitchen, works <laughs> perfectly for me. I'm frying chicken and I look to my right. And this fool is on his knee with a ring in his hand. He
4: just came out of nowhere. Y'all were just compatible on every level a second ago. (laughs) Now this fool is on his knee. (laughs) Right.
2: How long had you all been dating, JG?
5: Maybe 12, 14 months. Maybe.
3: So a year and two months?
4: Yeah.
2: Mm, I mean... (laughs)
4: Definitely <laughs> you've what? been married you've been married once, correct? I have. And this man, you were happy, y'all were compatible in every yes. way imaginable. Yes. Is this the man you the one man you married?
5: No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Damn.
4: Damn. Wow happy it's I don't like this this isn't he funny he's is a fool for proposing like and no we never got married this is such Correct. a confusing story it is
5: not right. confusing
4: so he, why'd you say no
5: we just say he had a really tragic incident I won't say what because then people will know who he is after that, I just knew I couldn't deal with this anymore. I was too young to try to help him through that. I didn't know about mental health at that time. So it was just over. We couldn't.
2: OK, so he had some problems. He didn't you know how to deal with them. You ain't know how to help. Correct. Him, so it felt like more problems than what it was worth. And then after that problem, one day y'all in the kitchen frying chicken and you turn around and he on one no, day. No,
5: no, 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 no. All of the problem thing happened like a month after we got engaged.
4: So you did. Say Wait, you, say you said Yes. yes. I said yes, oh, but then I had to say no. always says yes. I always say yes. Very <laughs> weird. Jacqueline's relationship <laughs> and romantic <laughs> queries is some of the most weird shit you'll see as she started the story with yes. we were perfect for each other. I said yes, yeah, I did break up with him.
2: <laughs> so you say, yeah, you finished frying a chicken. He goes out, has something terrible happen to him from which he was mentally shattered. You didn't know how to put him back together. He didn't know how to put himself back together. So rather than help this man, it's a to stomp on his motherfucking no. wound, no. hand him back that ring. No.
3: Did you hand back the ring? <laughs>
2: You Steven-ass motherfucker.
4: Hey, man, Riverside fucking up again. JG ain't talking about terrible person. My man went at his lowest, and you slipped out of the middle of the night ringing No, all. no, 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 <laughs> no. Took that shit to Easy Pawn on Valley Avenue.
5: <laughs> <laughs> mm. And and actually, it was the right thing mm. to do. It was the best thing to do. It took him much longer than anyone ever imagined for him to get over what happened. And his mother, still to this day, she'll send me a text message and she'll say, every last one of them, he's just looking for you.
4: And I'm like, no! <laughs> why, why didn't you go back after yeah. I mean, he got himself back together? It sounded like he was right. your yeah. soulmate. man.
5: I don't go backwards. It's it's my own little Damn. thing. I mean, I can
2: such oh, an unnecessary. I can dig that Jacqueline Once
4: once you my uh, ex, you pretty much dead to your boy. I don't even y'all, remember see, that's why y'all you. Y'all can't find nobody.
5: We're not looking. I'm on. not looking
4: that's not, not even looking. the same person <laughs> my once you my ex that's, we ain't fucking no more we ain't about to be fuck buddies nothing leave, I don't know if leave I agree me alone with that, leave me the I mean fuck do out. what you want know to
5: do. do but I don't I don't go backwards I mean you can call we can talk we can chat we can hang but most men who've dated me as well they shit. make sure <laughs> they don't call me they block me because their girlfriends and wives are Roy crazy likes,
3: Roy likes Roy Roy is a Dolphins fan so what I'm trying to say is he already likes pain, oh, so he's cool I, with going back.
2: I don't like meeting new people, it is much easier <laughs> to go to someone from my past and Who go, Hey, motherfucker, did it. you figure it I out? I, I think I figured it out, and then we both go, Yeah, we figured it out, and then we try again. <laughs>
4: and, it and it turns out, bad. y'all haven't figured it out.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
2: But it's just, I don't know. That that seems easier. Okay, JG, well, now that we've established you're a terrible person. I am
7: let's not get into a terrible person. <laughs> you kept the ring.
2: I kept the ring, the, the ring from the broken nope. man. Right. That you is not.
5: Terrible. Ladies, you, gotta use ladies that ring you do not have to, pay to for give therapy. the ring back. You do Even not if he's have a to a give the ring
3: back. You don't have to give the ring back at
2: all. This man lost gift. all of his limbs right. or whatever. <laughs> He lost no all can. his limbs. He did and not. Then, that's,
5: that's
2: what that's what we're going to say. you so ain't going to tell <laughs> he us. He had
5: a mental breakdown. And... Don't tell us what it
4: is. No, We've already no. decided what it was. We don't want no truth. Don't put do that man business nose. out there.
2: I know, right? I
4: know. He, he, had a a fake, a he had a fake leg and he still kept wearing shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and an like, eye patch. This eye man in a <laughs>
2: lost all his limbs and then was attacked by a chimpanzee Right. And was mauled. And he came back in that house on that goddamn skateboard. (laughs) No. And you knew you didn't want to be with a man that had to get around on a skateboard.
5: No. And a good person, I promise you, if I called him right now, he would show up. No matter what, because he's a good person.
4: Because he wants you back.
2: Hayat, do you book her Hayat, Do you go backwards?
6: Um, I think it's a Sagittarius and us, Roy. We're just lazy. <laughs> and, yes. I'm the same <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I've been in situations where it's like I might as well just yes you know I, but i've done that
4: y'all gotta heal
6: sex wise yes sometimes <laughs> you're just healed. like eh. you know i'm used to this yeah, but in terms exactly. of relationship i think it's hard yeah. i think it depends on why you broke up because i do kind of agree with jg in the sense that it's hard to get back into a past relationship because it's the fear of like you got to rehash all the shit that was like. Left to go undone. ahead, you got to
3: rehash
2: all the.
6: You whole can't shit. just forge ahead. <laughs> that,
2: but unpacking all of the corrosion and fixing that and getting the car refurbished and back out on the road is much easier. That's than a lot buying. more trouble
4: than just buying a new car. I'm no, riddle, not I know you how many cars what? you
2: got to drive before you find the car you like. When you got one right back there at the that dealership, you, like. you can go and buy again. <laughs> easier
6: to just deal with and be satisfied with a new car than try to like make that (laughs) but see I'm interested
5: in learning a new person I I want to learn about a new person I want to see different things and I want a different experience
6: if you feel like he was a good guy the only thing the only issue was what was happening with him at that period of time and he's moved on from that then I would contemplate it.
2: Now while y'all all out there on first dates, trying to figure <laughs> shit out and asking stupid shit like your favorite TV show, I'm going to find this girl from sixth grade and run it back. I don't care how far <laughs> back I got to go.
6: Roy's pulling up old text messages. We
2: refurbishing old cars yeah. around here, having baby. The same, having the same <laughs>
4: argument from uh, 2007. <laughs> right. Now Who's better, B2K <laughs> or
3: NSYNC? <laughs> Y'all still bad.
2: Let's get into the relationship fair. Who do we have on the line, JG? And uh, let them serve up this amazing uh, on-the-job sescapade to ride.
5: We welcome Danielle. She is a private school teacher based in New Jersey. She recently wrote to us about a messy affair that took place a few years ago between two teachers she worked with and that also happened to be her friends. Hello, Danielle. How are you? Well, I need yeah. a
4: grin on Rod's face. Rod can't wait.
5: Oh, we're talking <laughs>
4: private school. I know it's gonna be good. You know what it is? E- everybody at a private school are freaks. Students, <laughs> staff, faculty don't matter. Danielle, is that true? Danielle,
8: I don't know about the kid. I, I work with high schoolers, so I try not to think about them like that. But I, I will say uh-huh. it's it's a mess among the faculty. It's it's a mess, Ooh. like messy. This is, this is like one of okay. several stories from this one job. Um, so this was a few years ago. Um, the people involved, uh, I was both friends with one closer than the other. Uh, the IT person, um, his name is Jorge. Um, he was a really good friend of mine. We like became friends as soon as we started uh, working together. Yeah. So he was a good friend of mine. Uh, And the other person involved in this is Camilla, who is the Spanish teacher. Um, She was a friend. Right. We knew each other because we worked together. She was really cool. We would chat, get drinks after work. Um, But it actually all started with a work party. So one thing you got to know with teachers, especially private school teachers, work party. Just uh-huh. straight alcoholics just every, every, oh, every yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
7: Let's go.
8: like Friday going out uh. for drinks so work parties aren't oh you know whatever the school pays for we'll have a couple drinks it's two hours like this is a guaranteed like seven hours people, people get what? put in Ubers and it, and it's a good seven hours it's like you you don't have to buy a drink Right. Somebody's paying. Uh,
2: uh, Who is who is sanctioning uh, this? Like what? I'm going back to teaching private school.
8: Yeah. So they would normally they would pay. It'd be like four hours of like drinks and food. And then the rest (laughs) would be like normally it was somebody supervisor. Right. So it'd be like the principal, the vice principal, um, the guy who was head of I.T. They would all buy rounds like, and actually one person, he frequently would just leave his card and he would just be like, buy drinks until, you know, you reach this amount or it's been a few hours and then, you know, just bring my card back the next day. But like they, this is like a real morale boost. This is like, you know, we, we've been working hard, okay. let's party hard. Um, But it, it, it gets wild. It gets wild because people get wasted. Uh-oh. So
2: Okay, so Jorge and Camilla, they at Mm -hmm. this party? So
8: Jorge, again, was a friend of mine. We chat. This party, it was kind of wild. It was a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, I had this one coworker, this guy who was like in his 60s, just randomly was hanging out with us, got super wasted, had to figure out how to get him home. It, It was a lot going on. But I noticed throughout the night, Camilla kept flirting with him. Right? And like, you know, saying really suggestive stuff. But the thing I left oh. out is Camilla is married. Yeah. Yeah. Jorge has a living girlfriend that he's been with for like five years at that point. No! No, so it's like, I was like, you know, I, I, you know, A plus B, you know, that'll give me C. But I was like, Dude, this don't make sense. So I'm trying to run interference like a good friend.
4: Like a terrible it- friend. Like <laughs> a, like a <laughs> <dangerous>, <laughs> good friend. You sound like. <laughs> you
8: know? so people wasted making terrible. bad decisions. Ahead, I'm like, ahead. you know, let me, let me stop these people from hurting themselves. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry.
3: Grown people? Are we talking about grown these, people? These are people? grown
8: people, yes. People, people in drunk, their 30s, 40s, right? It, it, you yeah. know, but...
2: But you can't stop no grown people from doing what they're going to do. I, no, I respect that, though. I, they're drunk. It's not like right. this has been some sober flirting that's happened over weeks and weeks. This is some spur of the moment. They're oh, not no, no, drunk are eight
4: years old. Come on, <laughs> They're true. <laughs> They know what the fuck they doing. They've been right. hiding no. this while they were sober.
2: This is like when your homeboy says that he about to try to have sex with a stripper, right? And you just got to be like, hey, man, don't. don't." That ain't the same
4: thing. Don't let your boy <laughs> sleep with a stripper. Let him sleep with a teacher.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, go ahead. Go ahead, right. Danielle.
2: Go ahead. Well, so
8: Camilla's thrown it at Jorge. I'm just like, this, this wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening here. And again, it's like, it's a whole bunch of other stuff to deal with. So everybody's wasted. We wrap up, we go home. I'm like super uh-huh. drunk, but there's another person going the same way as me. So she's like, let's walk together. I'm like, all right, whatever. So we're walking down the road. Jorge and Camilla, um, they happen to both live in... Queens, right? And they conveniently <laughs> live within two blocks of each other. Like, this is a conversation mm. ages ago, right?
2: Um. So they would take <laughs> Ubers
8: home together. So it wasn't weird. Like, Somebody oh, we ran interference
4: on your right. ass. <laughs> So they
8: were like, we're going to take the Uber home to Queens. So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't care. I'm walking down the road. It's snowy. It's winter. I'm walking with this like nosy bra next to me. <laughs> and it's two people just slobbing each other down on the sidewalk. Just just really going ham. And it's just like, what? So I'm, you know, I'm I'm in the city, been here too long. So I'm yelling at these people where I'm like, you know, get a room, move on. And I keep walking. You really are a hater. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) but uh but yeah the person i was walking with goes oh is that who i think it is and i said i don't i don't know i ain't see nothing and she was like no that's them that was jorge and camilla that that was and i was like look i i don't know what you saw i ain't see nothing i ain't see nothing and i just kept walking she looked at me like i was crazy i was like girl i don't i I don't see nothing
4: after you yelled at them because you saw them now you ain't seen nothing (laughs) I feel like I feel like it took
3: her seeing him ride for her to become the good friend that she eventually became like, like eventually, get off the street you you know, with that
4: and get a room who are you talking to nobody nobody, nobody. No,
2: no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> do they keep fucking Danielle because I'm for sure they fucked at yeah, this point so you it, can't it just make out a- ain't nobody just going to first base with a co-worker
8: nah it's
4: And if they've been taking Ubers home together for months, this that party was the first time you saw them flirting. Not the first time they'd ever been flirting with each other. They probably been fingering for six months.
8: (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, kind of in Camilla's defense, I guess. So they keep the affair going. This this goes on for like over a year. Um, Jorge acts like nothing is going on. Like. Continues Uh talking about his girlfriend, not like Mm -hmm. ain't a thing. Camilla, no. no. So eventually, I learned that she's in an open relationship, like so she she can do whatever, right? That's that's between Mm. her and her man. But Jorge,
3: is there word for that?
8: I I have no proof that Jorge girlfriend knew now his wife. Um, what oh yeah so they kept the affair going it went on for over a year and then they broke up because apparently Jorge caught feelings mm. uh, and Camilla was like
2: so really only one person was cheating in this scenario <laughs> that you've presented yeah, to so us so
8: one person was cheating and the other person had permission to go outside their relationship um, mm-hmm. which was all and happening at work hiding. And so people had to pretend like it wasn't happening Uh, Danielle
5: did um, she ever tell you that this was a good love maker I mean what what
8: happened here Um, she never never gave me details of what it was like in the bedroom
4: I mean, they didn't stop fucking for a year, so that should tell you everything you need to know. It, it just might have been lust, Rod. If she, but for she has year? permission to fuck whoever she wants, whenever she wants. He so wasn't she wasn't the
5: only one. She was probably somebody who just needed that 24 hours a day, and he was at the job at the time.
4: If he's bad in bed and she has permission to sleep with 30 other guys, she wouldn't have kept him around if he was bad in the sack.
2: Danielle, let me ask you a question real quick. As an educator, and you've worked in the public sector and the private sector, what is it about the occupation of teacher? What is it about that job that makes it so fucking sexually charged?
8: Well, I think part of it is you spend all day like repressed, like repressing your inner self. Like it's like you know you can't swear at the kids. You know you you can't be putting them in headlocks. You know you. you- <laughs> rest yourself so when you get a moment to you know you lose your mind that's that's why you know a lot of I people drink t- I, I know <laughs> a lot of people who teach and smoke they they gotta do what they gotta do to like de-stress <laughs>
4: fun fact most teachers drink vodka on the job because it doesn't really? really have a scent and you can't smell it on you so a lot of teachers like to drink vodka at work <laughs>
5: Can I be nosy?
2: What else you, wanna you to want to know? You want you want to know have... what kind of condoms you use, Jacqueline? No. What other perverted what is questions? It's not this perverted.
5: Woman? It goes back Lord. to something that Rod actually said in a previous episode. He said, and hey, you chimed in on it, Roy talking about when you walk into a facility or a building, you look for spaces that you might be able to be intimate. So, Danielle, where were they intimate?
8: Uh, well, um, so talking to the security person, there was like a part in one of the stairwells where there was no cameras. So, you know, oh. they, they had to walk around to police that area. Mm. Uh-huh.
2: Mm-mm. Nasty. Well, Danielle, we cannot thank you enough thank for you. calling in and contributing to Rod's Relationship Fair. Do what you can to stop snitching so much on people in my businesses. <laughs> business. Please and stop mom. being a hater.
4: <laughs> Let people get you, they suck and fuck on. If they want to get their suck and fuck I, on, they groan.
8: I always say I've been a I've been a snitch my whole life. I, I used to snitch on my older sister. So you know, this is this is just me continuing. A job that I've I've been fulfilling since I was a kid.
4: (laughs) Consistency. You need to get out of the teaching job and go into the law enforcement area of work. (laughs) (laughs) Since you like snitching so much, become a prosecutor (laughs) or some shit. All
2: right. Thank you, you, Danielle. Have a good one. Bye bye. After the break, more rods, relationship fair, it's the job fair. We'll be right back. Rod's relationship fair. Mm. We dredge on. We go from the world of teaching. I forgot you. Why you ain't let me sing the teacher song to Danielle last break, Jacqueline?
5: (laughs) Because I want Danielle to come back on the
4: show. (laughs) You know when we have teachers on, we got to sing the teacher. Wake up, old teacher's. They be having that sex.
2: Y'all be getting fucking. Don't use no condoms. Your wife didn't know that you're fucking at work and now you got a baby. Oh. <laughs> now you got a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the thing that I love about the relationship fair ride. I love that that through your weird analysis of the world, because you got to keep in mind, these people were not called to tell me and Jacqueline these stories. They called to talk to you. Like I don't know what it is about you, Rod, but you you give people an ability to just. Snitch. This, uh, Danielle just called and snitched on half her coworkers. She probably still work with them niggas. Didn't she even ask didn't change to the names. city or nothing. Nothing. She nothing. just said, "Yeah, he lives in Queens, two blocks from the woman he fucking." <laughs> her, like right, right off Seventh <laughs> Avenue. <family. laughs> light-skinned he's a light-skinned Puerto, a dark-skinned Puerto Rican named Camilla who lives two blocks from a dude people feel open sharing with you Rob tales of sex and escapades that happen within the workplace and a lot of jobs that I didn't know you could be fucking on I did not know door-to-door political canvassing <laughs> Like, you want to talk about where the fuck, Jacqueline? There ain't even no stairwell <laughs> when you're going door to door.
5: This was a valid
4: question. Hey, you show up at the right house, somebody might let you use that guest bedroom. Now I'm oh, talking about.
2: walk me through that conversation, then, Rod. Walk me through that fucking conversation. How you start that conversation? Knock, knock. Yes, I'm here to talk to you about voting. By the way, can I fuck one of my coworkers that's also canvassing with me? Well, if it's one thing people hate more than a telephone call, it's a knock at their door. And if it's one thing that you really don't want to do is knock at people's doors for a living. We have somebody on who does just that. JG, who do we have on a relationship fair?
5: We have long term, long time listener Matt from Austin, Texas. Matt previously worked on political campaigns in Illinois and Wisconsin as a campaign okay field staff member. That basically means he worked face-to-face with voters, is what I'm told. He's described the role as West Wing meets one of the employees from Superstore, and while (laughs) on the campaign trail, Matt witnessed and experienced his fair share of crazy behaviors. And that includes interns having sex at donors' houses and mm-hmm. for guns being dropped <laughs> on him. Mm-hmm. While he's like, going door to door. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Yeah. Hi, Matt. And not at the same time, just, <laughs> just to make it clear. So, yeah. Thanks for
3: clarifying, Matt.
0: Off the Thank grid. You. absolutely. Let's go. I think the biggest thing that drew me to this job is that in some of these races, especially local races, 250 to 300 votes can change political sure. leadership in a town. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for some of these places, that's just one or two churches that, that you can do, like it's also the polls campaign with. Um, you know, it's one good organizer who can make a big difference as far as meeting people, having events, getting to know the community, um, and building that trust. And it's probably the most rewarding job I've ever had. Hmm. Um it's as as funny and entertaining as some things can be and as scary as it can be sometimes, it ended up being one of those kinds of jobs where you most of the time feel better when you go to sleep. Oh, wow. That's dope.
2: But but for right now, Matt, Go ahead. let's talk about this fucking that be happening. In the- oh. yeah. is, <laughs>
0: let's get
4: to it. <laughs> fair. Get to okay. it. So, so
2: what type um, of flirting is going on on this job? What is the fraternization type situation on this job? Are y'all paired off in pairs? Are you in groups? Like, how can you? How can you break HR rules within this construct? How's it set up in a field political job?
0: Oh, there's, How there's, easy there's almost is no it to HR. Up,
5: no. What? Oh, what did I you just that? say? No, there's no so HR? There's,
0: there's almost no HR. No. So mm. um, campaigns are run almost entirely off of really optimistic young college kids mm. um, and people that want to change the world. And uh, you're often kind of the reason why these people are kind of targeted is because you're young and you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You're, you're willing to work, you know, a 14 hour day and get paid $1,600 a month and sleep on a couch because you want to make the world a better place. Um, and when you spend that much time with, with certain people and, you know, you're all kind of grinding together, you know, with the little that you have, yes. um, they, you end up spending and um, forming some pretty weird relationships that kind of come out of it. Um, mm. Especially when there might be five of you in our office and the five of you hate everyone else you guys interact with, you know? Uh-huh. But you love each other. Clicked up. Mm-hmm. Literally. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want to make it sound nature. like everyone.
2: No, of I, course. I I'm make not make saying sound... everybody's fucking in a campaign office yeah. <laughs> across America. But, but they it are. Seems, so. Then the issue of proximity and struggle creates this it,
0: this inevitable stew of sooner or later. You know, the, the whole point of a field organizer in a political campaign is to be able to go out and try and essentially turn your campaign, your, your candidate into a multi-level or multi-level marketing scheme Mm -hmm. where you're getting people to give their time and their resources to the campaign for pretty much nothing in exchange. Um, and that means you'll have somebody who's 20 or 21 years old overseeing a whole group of adults who, some of them might be totally fine people and some of them might want to wild out. And, uh, so, you know, some of that can lead to some pretty, um, awful situations. Um, for example, I'll tell you guys a story. We lost a primary um, in Illinois, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a race that we were expected to blow out. So it it was supposed to be a party that we were going to the night of Election Day. It ended up being like a funeral. We just decided we're going to get- Is this the Hillary Trump election? (laughs) (laughs) Way, way before. No, we decided we were going to, Yeah. Uh, no, we we decided that we were going to go and just drink all the liquor that we brought anyway, you know, just as a, a last hurrah. We ended up going to the closest house that we had nearby, which was a house provided to us by a donor who had maxed out the contribution. We called this house Fantasia. It had like 19 bedrooms. It was an amazing place. Oh, yes, sir. Um, yeah, it was very cool. One of the coolest experiences ever, you know. Um, and as you're going in, no one's supposed to be there except for the people were are staying there, which is about four, four of us. And uh, now all of a sudden we have 15, 20 people there Uh-oh. and, uh, you know, campaign management Marty. shows up and yeah, they will, they weren't very happy about it. Cause you know, <laughs> that's exactly what they're seeing, but they just lost a really brutal race. So they're not wanting to be a dick to anybody. You know, they, they just kind of want to Hey, everybody needs to chill out and slow down. And after sending enough people home and, and going through it, um, we decided a couple extra people were going to stay, including campaign management. So as we're going around assigning rooms person to person, uh, the campaign manager, you know, we open up the door and there's two interns just going right at it in the yeah. room. Yeah. Did they <laughs> and the stop person, when the walked power, in? Uh, they stopped for a minute. And then as soon as we shut the door, they they, they went right back to it. So <laughs> um, I don't think anyone wanted to interrupt them. Truth be told, I don't know what happened to those Props guys. To them. But,
3: Props to them for stopping long enough to recognize I, y'all were there. That's the way I look at it.
5: Are they married now, Matt?
0: I, I don't, I don't think so, no. 1732
4: so. fucking questions. You
5: know what? I'm going to learn how to control your microphone.
4: <laughs> so they had sex that night so they're married now, right? No, they they no grandma. It
0: was, a, it was a really, really good hug. That's what it was. Where are they now? So now. Do we know? Uh, I, you know what? I, I've have no idea what happened to these guys, but um, I hope that somewhere they're together, oh. you know, in someone else's bedroom. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Matt, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and thank you for the past emails to the show. We appreciate you for being a friend and for giving a damn about politics at some point in this dysfunctional ass country. We appreciate you for calling into the relationship. Fab. Thank you. Hey,
5: thanks,
2: guys. Appreciate Bye-bye. you, Matt. Well that was nice of him That was nice of him To call in with that Like Rod I just feel like When people are having sex In other people's houses I think it's rude Yeah
4: why do you think like, It's like rude Like
2: some keep your shoes on In a nigga house type shit Like why are you fucking In my house dog That's some That's
4: hater shit
3: man I don't know how many Political parties Y'all have been to Uh but po- political parties tend to get down like they, you know once the political parties go down okay, let like- oh, right
4: me let me tell you so let me tell you about political parties I'm not mm. I don't want to disparage anybody so I'm not gonna say any names but mm. um a couple couple years ago I, I did a did a comedy show down in Tuscaloosa mm. and at the time uh, we did a show the same night as a governor election in Alabama. So, I so we hit up the um, we hit Jimmy John's after the show, and I finish eating. Oh, I like pay, I go outside to get my smoke on. So I'm standing in the parking lot smoking. Up pulls this rickety ass van with what is obviously two prostitutes in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking. We're talking. Everybody in this governor's race is white. Mm-hmm. Two. Twenty-year-old black strippers pull up in a fucked-up no.
7: van.
4: Get out of the car, and they ask me if are they I driving know, the van. They were driving the van, and they asked me where the governor's el- election party was. Uh-huh. And I'm dope. just like, like two
2: comedians looking yeah, for a venue. I'm, yeah, and I'm
4: like, first of all, what kind of nigga on the street just knows where election headquarters is for somebody that night? Um. <laughs> And why can't you text the secretary whoever told you the governor wants y'all to come shake some ass and suck some dick and make some cash? Why can't you text them and get the directions <laughs> or the address and punch it to GPS? At those parties, there's a certain
5: time. It's time uh, to go.
4: Once the news oh, yeah. cameras leave, it's going down. Oh. It's going down. But it
2: seems that the theme of both of these relationship fairs To me, it's just if you don't want your employees fucking stop throwing parties for
4: stop throwing dope parties. I mean, really, honestly, the, the only thing you can do to stop your employees from fucking is not having any goddamn employees. Human beings are going to have sex. Sex is a need whether you need to Uh not have sex or you need to have sex. However you feel about sex, you're going to get it. You're going to have it. You put a bunch of random people in a room, just speaking from a math standpoint, the percentage, there's a percentage of people in that room are going to end up sucking and fucking. It's just life.
2: But what is it about work parties that make people feel like, all right, now's the time? (laughs) (laughs)
4: honestly you know what it is this is what it is what after Mm -hmm. you after you get out of school whether that's high school or college once you get away from school the amount of people you put around in which to pull your sex partners from drops tremendously right true like in high school middle school elementary school college you date people because that's your social circle you know what i mean once you graduate from high school to college and go into the workforce, that daily group of men and women you're put around your new social circle is everybody at your job. Mm-hmm. So eventually people in that group, just like all your groups from school, people are going to start fucking because we're not corporate drones. We're not worker bees. People, these are human beings at your job. Yeah, they're there to do a job, but in between working, they're just going to be human. A work party is nothing but the club with a fucking ID on it.
3: Right? then the next thing you know, they're in the third floor bathroom. They need to know they work with each other. And they was in there Heading fucking it. and yeah. nothing else you can really do about it. Like I'm just saying, I, I think the man is preaching right now. You know what I'm saying? People are
4: going to have sex. It's no difference than abstinence-only sex education. It ain't stopping nobody from fucking. Nope. Just might increase bill jobs. And anal. All
2: right. So then our Christmas party is off.
4: I think
2: that I will just send everyone an individual gift. That's the show. Rod's Relationship Fair is a product of Comedy Central, iHeartMedia, South Park, and Princeton Productions. Rod, thank you, as always, for helping these people navigate the minefield that is the office party. It's a good time. No, it's not a good time, Rod. It's a good time to get fired. <laughs> it's
4: the I'll opposite. tell you what, let, I'll, I'll give you a good time holiday party story. There's no, no sexuality involved. Uh, I had a job where I worked with uh, two of the dumbest people I've ever met. And one time we had a Christmas party. And after, you know, we come back to work that Monday And, you know, everybody is recounting the night and, you know, what they did afterwards. And one of the ladies goes, well, the rest of my night wasn't that good because I ended up in the hospital. So, of course, we're all like, oh, my God, like what happened? She was like, I don't know. I had some sort of allergic reaction to something. But I'm always on top of that. So I don't know how it happened. And the other woman who worked there, who was one of the dumbest people I ever met, she goes, because they were, they were like, they've been best friends, baby. she was like, well, I saw you drinking the sangria, and it had orange slices in it, and I swear to God, the woman who went to the hospital says, well, that can't be it. I'm allergic to oranges. I'm allergic to orange juice, not oranges. And it was just like, oh, where shit. the fuck did you think <laughs> orange juice comes from, you idiot? you are not allergic to orange juice. You're allergic to orange juice. You got to be the dumbest motherfucker on the can Absolutely.
5: <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, you, can't,
2: you can't work around people. These are people in decision-making positions <laughs> behaving like this on a regular basis. This is very sad.
4: She uh, was that serious, bro. She watched Sangria have orange slices in She just figured, oh, it's cool to drink that. I'm not allergic to oranges, just the juice. I mean, come on, people. Slices, though? I can't get sick off of slices. I'm not allergic to oranges. It's just, it's not orange juice in it. It's like, that's fucking insane. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my fucking life.
2: (laughs) Wow. Roy'sJobFair.com. If you want to be a part of the next Rod's Relationship Fair, which we'll do in a few months, if you want to be a part of the show in general, man, that's the show. And uh, we'll see y'all next week.
1: This has been a Comedy Central podcast. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.